0: U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville spoke in front of the U.S. Supreme Court building on Wednesday as the justices heard oral arguments about the Donald Trump ballot removal case, which is called Trump versus Anderson. The state of Colorado prompted this whole case to be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court after the Colorado State Supreme Court ruled to remove Trump's name from the primary ballot in that state.
1: Now Democrats in the state capitals across the country are trying to kick President Trump off the ballot. They're using legal theory that has never been used before. It goes way beyond the Constitution. It twists the words of our Constitution into something that has never been. This building behind us. This court must uphold the original public meaning of our Constitution. Stop today this attack on our democracy. Let the American people decide in November who their leaders will be.
0: The full Alabama Senate has passed a bill that requires public schools to make their curriculum and teaching materials available to parents on their website. That requirement applies to K-12 through 12 grades in public schools. An amendment was added to the legislation that creates several avenues for the curriculum or a summary of it to be utilized by teachers. Those avenues would be email, telephone, or other electronic means. State Senate President Pro Tem Greg Reed is the sponsor of the bill and he says it was a priority for him to get the bill into the legislative session in order to help educators and parents work together. Reed says that everybody he talked to about the bill was very much in favor of it happening. State Representative Matt Woods will now sponsor the bill in the Alabama House. Alabama Congressman Dale Strong is writing for 1819 News about the consistent effort by the mainstream media to label Donald Trump as an insurrectionist based on the events of January 6, 2021, strong points out that those same people that are pushing that label are also the ones who pushed the lie about Trump and Russia gate, which has also been revealed to be false. Strong says that he is a co-sponsor of a resolution offered by Florida Congressman Matt Gates that was revealed earlier this week in a press conference. That resolution declares that Donald Trump did not engage in any insurrection or rebellion against the US on January 6 and that Trump clearly told his supporters to march peacefully and respect law enforcement during that time as they make their voices heard. Strong points out that just this past November, anti-Israel protesters did violently assault six Capitol police officers right outside of the Democrat National Committee headquarters in Washington, D.C. Strong says that this event was called a protest for peace and only further illustrates the hypocrisy and bias of the left-wing media. There are now two bills filed in the Alabama legislature that involve the expansion of gambling here in the state, 1819 News reporter Bradley Cox did a breakdown of what is in that legislation, and in some cases there are parts that are written down that were not covered in a press conference that was delivered by sponsors of the bill on Wednesday of this week. You can read the bill itself as well as the article written by Bradley Cox at the 1819 News website. And this is also a good time for me to wrap up my conversation with the president of the Alabama Policy Institute, Stephanie Holden-Smith, about the gambling bill. The other piece of this that's pretty frustrating to me is that with the combination
1: of the brick and mortar casinos, the sports betting and the lottery, um, you know, there's been kind of this mantra for years that the people want to vote on a lottery. And the frustrating thing is it that for those who want that, they're not going to get that. They're they're not going to get the ability to vote on a state lottery because it will be a combination bill of increasing the number of casinos to at least ten, um, creating a gambling commission that expands the bureaucracy and has questionable enforcement tools, and then also uh, the digital sports betting, and then and then then also um, the language on the lottery. So the people of Alabama will will not get the chance to vote on a lottery. They'll have to vote for all three of those things to be legal or for the law to remain the same.
0: So it's, it's Washington, D.C. brought down to Montgomery, Alabama, where they, they, there, they refuse to have a line item option and allow the people to vote specifically for one thing that's on their radar that they want. you you got to take the whole kit and caboodle as we present it.
1: That's right. And this bill, which you know, the, the public hasn't seen yet, that might be voted on on Thursday of this same week, uh, is 137 pages, and no one has read it. Wow. So it, it, it's Nancy Pelosi tactics of let's, let's pass it to see what's in it.
0: That That's just a bad bad practice, to throw out a, <laughs> hundreds of pages of, of legislation and then want people to vote within days. So it sounds to me like now would be the time for any... Alabamians who are listening to the Daily Detail or reading 1819 News to uh, make their voices known. Yeah, no question. Now is the time. Now is the time
1: to talk to your legislator about this and any other issue that, that you want your representative to represent you on. Um, that they're walking into this session uh, and they'll be there uh, probably until late April or early May. And
0: now is the time to reach out to them and let them know what you expect of their constituents. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, Donald Trump has officially won in the Republican caucus that was held on Thursday in Nevada. This gives Trump 26 more delegates in the primary race. Trump has won Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada so far as he heads into the last primary to be held in South Carolina before Super Tuesday on March 5th. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is still the sole challenger to Trump in this primary, and she is banking on her home state to hand her her first victory in this primary race. However, polls are not indicating that that's going to be the case. Joe Biden is getting a pass for being an elderly and forgetful man when it comes to classified documents. Special Counsel Robert Hur has concluded his investigation into Joe Biden's handling of those documents at his home and garage her concluded that Biden willfully retained classified materials after he left the vice presidency in 2016, but that Biden's significant memory loss and limitations played a part in her deciding to not prosecute. Her further explains that it would become problematic to present the case to a jury who would only perceive Biden as an elderly man with bad memory but well-meaning motives, so they would likely not convict since guilt beyond a reasonable doubt would be hard to establish. Some of the examples that her cited to show how bad Joe Biden's memory is included him not remembering when his son Bo died and what year he served as vice president. Biden responded to this statement from special counsel Her in a press conference. Biden seemed very agitated and forgot some of the things he was going to say. In addition, I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died, how in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented. I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of. Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering him, attending by friends and family and the people who loved him. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away or passed away. The U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments from the case involving Donald Trump's name being removed from the Colorado primary ballot. All of the justices showed a great deal of reluctance to side with the arguments coming from attorney Jason Murray, who is seeking to establish Trump as an insurrectionist under the 14th Amendment. That amendment was established post-Civil War, to prohibit Confederate leaders who instigated and perpetuated the Civil War against the Union from seeking office within the federal government. Here is Justice Clarence Thomas and then-Chief Justice John Roberts breaks in as they're discussing this issue with Murray.
1: What we are talking about here are national candidates. Uh, the, the, I understand. Uh, you look at Foner or Foote, Shelby Foote, or McPherson, they all talk about, of course, the conflict after the Civil War and there were people who felt very strongly about uh, retaliating against the South, the radical Republicans. Uh, but they did not think about authorizing the South to disqualify national candidates. And that's the argument you're making and what I would like to know is you give is, uh, do you have any examples of this?
0: Many of those historians have filed briefs in our support in this case, making the point that the, the, the idea of the 14th Amendment was that both states and the federal government would ensure rights, and that if states failed to do so, the federal government certainly would also step in. But I think the reason why there aren't examples of states doing this is an idiosyncratic one of the fact that elections worked differently back then. States have a background power under Article 2 and the 10th Amendment to run presidential elections. They didn't use that power to police ballot access until about the 1890s. And by the 1890s, everyone had received amnesty, and these issues had become moot. So I don't Council think the so history like tells to us. So sort i of look way. at Justice Thomas's question sort of from the 30,000-foot level. I mean, the whole point of the 14th Amendment was to restrict state power, right? States uh, shall not abridge privileges immunity. They won't deprive people of property without due process. Um, they won't deny uh, equal protection. And On the other hand, it augmented federal power under Section 5. Congress has the power to enforce it. So wouldn't that be the last place that you'd look for authorization for the states, including Confederate states, uh, to enforce, implicitly authorized, to enforce the presidential election process? That, that seems to be a position that is at uh, at war with the whole thrust of the 14th Amendment and very ahistorical. Federal prosecutors have now arrested and charged an engineer based in California with stealing technology and trade secrets from the U.S. government and then providing that information to communist China. 57-year-old Chen Guang Gong worked in Los Angeles and was able to steal proprietary technology that is used to detect nuclear, ballistic, and hypersonic missiles. This included the taking of over 1,800 files. Gong is now being charged by the U.S. Department of Justice for endangering U.S. national security. Gong is actually a native of China who became a U.S. citizen in 2011. During his time working for U.S. tech companies and defense contractors, Gong was also applying to Chinese government talent programs, which is a program that ran as cover for gaining secret data to help China's military and economy. A federal judge has ordered former Trump White House aide Peter Navarro to report to prison for a four-month sentence. The judge denied Navarro's request to stay out of prison while he appeals his conviction from a lower court for contempt of Congress. The contempt of Congress charges come from Navarro not responding to a subpoena for documents related to the January 6th events, and that subpoena came from the House Committee investigation. Navarro could go to a higher appellate court for intervention. His attorneys have made no public comment on what they're doing next. If you are enjoying the Daily Detail and want to make sure the reports come up easily on your electronic device, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on the main page of the Daily Detail on whatever podcasting app you've been using to listen. That could be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other podcasting apps. You can also get the word out about the Daily Detail by sending a link to a friend or dropping me a five-star rating. I surely do appreciate it. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again on Monday. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been the Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.